0: Thanks for listening to NL Newsday. I'm your host here, Jeff Andreas. It is Friday. It's after 4.30, and that means it's time for this week's edition of cannabis. Now, this past Saturday marked two years since the legalization of marijuana in Canada, and the BC Craft Farmers Co-op says the province has not been benefiting from legalization the way that was expected when legalization was first announced. The BC Craft Farmers Co-op is an organization with a mission to accelerate the transition of BC's craft cannabis cultivators and processors into the legal market. It says in the 24 months since the Cannabis Act came into effect, barely 20 of BC thousands of craft cannabis farmers have been approved to participate in the legal market by Health Canada. So with that all in mind, where do B.C. parties stand on promoting B.C.'s globally recognized craft cannabis sector as a solution for our economic recovery? Well, I'm pleased to welcome to the show here the secretary of the B.C. Craft Farmers Co-op, Dave Herford. Dave, thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Great to be here. Thanks for having us.
0: Okay, so let's just sort of start with uh, the overarching issue that we're talking about here. So barely 20 of BC's craft cannabis farmers have been approved to participate in the legal market here by Health Canada. I mean, what is holding things up here from from your perspective? Why is so few uh, farmers actually been approved to participate in the legal market here?
1: Yeah, that's very discouraging. Uh, And first I'll say, you know, on the two-year anniversary, first of all, I I think I don't want to be... Negative. It is great that we're no longer arresting people, uh, including British Columbians, uh, for cannabis possession, and particularly when you see that the arrests were disproportionately affecting uh, Indigenous people and, and people of color. So I think it's a it's a very good thing. Mr. Trudeau deserves a lot of credit for for legalizing, and we don't have people getting criminal records anymore. So let's let's kind of get that out of the way and talk about the potential benefits Mm -hmm. of legalization. And that's really where BC is losing out. You know, BC has, we all know, I don't have to spend a lot of time explaining it, this great international reputation for cannabis. Uh, Ontario's great at making cars. Saskatchewan's great at growing canola. Uh, Quebec's great at maple syrup and other things. We're great at cannabis. Uh, the world wants our, our product, and that's a good thing. Uh, so there was obviously a lot of hope with legalization that we would be able to thrive and uh, and really lead the world. Uh, that's not happening. Uh, in fact, we're really in danger, I think, of losing uh, BC's international status because of Ottawa's inability to listen uh, to the farmers, uh, the experts in the sector, to engage them in the development of the regulations that went into the Act. They were developed Uh, out east without uh, the real input of the people most affected by them. And I think we're paying a price for that now. So what we really need to do is go back and correct. Uh, It is understandable when the government started that they would have brought in a regulatory regime that was more restrictive. They didn't know what they were going to get. But now we're here two years in. And I think it's a good time, especially with the pandemic, especially with the economic downturn that we have to really look twice at the mountain of red tape that has been established for these small farmers, these small businesses uh, to go through. Uh, And the production caps that exist uh, don't make uh, sense from a profitability perspective. So the number of hurdles are just amazing. Uh, If you get through one, then you got to go through another. It's like a video game, every stage, just when you think you made it through there's a new stage and it's harder Uh, So it's really difficult. So what we need to do is is really reset the regulatory framework uh, to get to work on that quickly and look at some temporary solutions that can transition these farmers now uh, into the legal market, as long as their product can pass the test and, and meet all of those safety requirements that are rightfully in place. Why shouldn't it be coming into the legal or the medical market mm. place? That's our point, and especially now with the pandemic, you know, every new farmer creates two and a half jobs. Every new processor creates two and a half jobs, and these jobs are not in downtown Vancouver. They're not in Surrey. They're not in downtown Victoria. They are around Kamloops. They're they're in every region of this province. It's a great rural economic development opportunity, and with indigenous communities as well. So if we are able to transition 2,000 farmers into the legal market, and believe me, there's probably 10,000 in the province, so we're just talking about 20%, we'll create 4,500 jobs just like that. And these are domestic jobs. Unlike other agricultural sectors that are heavily dependent on foreign labor, these jobs are already here. Mm -hmm. These are local people, and they're largely family businesses you know we've been sold a little bit of a bill of goods about uh the craft cannabis sector in bc and how it's infested with organized crime you know we hate organized crime just as much as anybody else does uh these people are not gangsters they are mom and pop family businesses they're your neighbors they are good people and they want to contribute to this economy and we should let these people grow.
0: I uh, I like that. I like that uh, catchphrase there at the end, let these people grow. So what, what I guess is... The big thing that needs to change in Ottawa, I mean, I know you're calling for sort of a, an entire reform of the Cannabis Act, but is there anything specifically that could be changed fairly quickly that would allow uh, BC's craft market to really start to flourish? Is there any kind of, you know, immediate steps that you have kind of looked at and say, if we just change this, it would really make a huge difference?
1: Yeah, and we're not looking for uh, reform of the Cannabis Act. Uh, the things that the government can do are quite simple, uh, they're in the regulations. And the Minister of Health has all the authority in the world to make them happen overnight. It's not that difficult. You know, I was lucky to be involved with Mr. Khrushchev's government uh, in uh, the 90s and 2000s when we legalized cannabis for medical purposes. I had the honor of serving directly uh, as an advisor to the Minister of Health and had a hand in putting together the medical regime that's in place now. Uh, I know how tough it was. I know what the stigma was. But I know if there's a will... Uh, There's a way, and leadership is all that is required uh, here. Um, And and the reason that those medical regulations have stood the test of time is because the farmers were involved in writing them. We consulted the farmers about what should be in those regulations, how to grow cannabis, uh, et cetera. And again, that hasn't been done in this case. So the first thing that the federal government should do is set a target. What does success look like? 23 farmers in 25 months is not success so I think if we can agree with the fe- the federal government thinks that's successful they think dozens is good even maybe a hundred would be huge success for them that's not success We need thousands of farmers to meet the global demand for cannabis because this is not a small little local, Economic development project. This is a global opportunity for British Columbia uh, to lead the world and create and be the headquarters uh, for cannabis. So that's number one. Set a target to create a task force that includes the farmers to reset just the micro cultivation and micro processing elements of the act um, and some of the security uh, challenges. So there's minor tweaks, and we've we've published that. Uh, in our various papers, again, easy things for the government to do. The last one I'll mention quickly, you know, two, two things. Get your security clearance before you have to spend a million dollars and be rejected in the end by a failed security clearance. So I think, you know, they've got the whole situation upside down. The second thing is they should increase the production caps. Right now, if you're a small farmer, all you're allowed to grow is 2,100 square feet. That's half the neutral zone of a hockey rink. Very small area. We're suggesting that the government, it's hard to make a living on that when the costs of getting in are so high, your yield is so low. Mm -hmm. And frankly, the yields from a 2,100 square foot grow up will disappear in the marketplace in about half an hour because it's in such demand. We're suggesting the government just double those to 4,200 square feet In addition to 4,200 being a nice number for us, uh, it's only the whole neutral zone of the hockey rink. Again, a very small space, not going to have a big impact on land use issues for municipalities, um, but that'll double the capacity. And then if a farmer can grow at 4,200 square feet, they're going to hire four people each. Okay, so now we have 2,000 farmers growing at 4,000 square feet. We have 8,000 jobs makes sense. We have $450 million in revenue for the government. Uh, At $8 a gram, we have $2 billion of economic activity. Why wouldn't we take that opportunity now? If not now, when?
0: I mean, obviously, from, from all the points you have laid out here, when we're talking about economic recovery, especially as we go through COVID-19, these seem like easy steps to be able to take to create a whole pile of jobs. And we know here in B.C. we're down uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even a million jobs. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head still, but obviously it's it's been a significant job loss um, that we've seen as a result of this pandemic. And this is a way to help uh, generate at least some of those and get some people working once again here. Um,
1: So if if just 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 one quick point on that, Uh, the jobs are actually being created now. The illicit market in BC is still thriving. Right. More than fifty percent of all cannabis purchases in BC are with the illicit market. So many of these jobs are already existing. The taxpayers are not getting the benefit. Right. Uh, uh, Revenues are not coming in, and those people all want to go into the legal market. Uh, So so just to you know to some extent. Jobs are there. It's just a matter of making them real jobs. Right. Full jobs benefits, etc. So, important to make that point.
0: Yeah, no, that that's totally fair. And and I was actually surprised when I was reading some of what you had put out data-wise that more than half, like you said, of BC cannabis consumers are purchasing from the illicit market. That is something that really surprised me quite a bit when I read that, just that, uh, you know, we're two, e- two years removed from legalization. The stores continue to pop up here in downtown Kamloops and throughout the city, and it's so easy to walk into a store. So, I was just surprised that how many people are actually still going to the illegal market. So, with that in mind, I guess... What can the B.C. government do if Ottawa doesn't listen here, which I have my doubts about? What can the B.C. government do? Whoever is elected here this Saturday, uh, what what can they do? What steps, what leadership roles can they have to sort of help the the craft growers here in this province start to enter that legal market?
1: Yeah, good question. I think especially when production is in the federal jurisdiction. um, So I think whoever's elected premier, any of the three of them, uh, should do what other good premiers have done, and that is take the fight to Ottawa. Uh, The premier of British Columbia has a tremendous amount of clout, whoever he or she is in this country, Uh, particularly now with the political dynamics of what's going on. I think the premier of British Columbia has a tremendous amount of impact, whoever he or she is, on economic development in this province. And the prime minister has said... That his government will take their cues from the provincial government on what are the economic development opportunities in the province so the first thing we need the new premier to do is take this issue and their political capital and spend a bit of it in ottawa on this to ask the health minister to make improvements to the regulations now which she can do without a big legislative process so i think that's the first thing that we need the province to do is say clearly this is a priority, take the fight to Ottawa. The premier said he's going to go to Ottawa and fight for more shipbuilding contracts. That's a great idea. But I can tell you the number of jobs craft cannabis will create in B.C., uh, you know, far outnumber the number of jobs we're going to get in shipbuilding. They're both good. He, should, he or she should be doing both. So mm-hmm. we need them to do that. The other thing I think, if, if the federal government can come to the table make the regulatory changes to unleash this sector, then the provincial government should make strategic investments to support the transition for economic development. And the government of BC has said they're very prepared to do that. The premier's announced a $1.6 billion package. The governments of Canada and BC are putting a lot of support programs into regional economic development. So start working with the sector to access those funds and really put them to work on the ground. I think those are a couple of the the big things, I think letting uh, these farmers have farm-to-gate sales will be important. But again, I say to people, you can't do farm-gate without the farmers. Uh, unless we get thousands of farmers, farm-gate is a pipe drain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think those are some of the things. There were some measures announced just before the election that will allow the farmers and the processors to sell directly to the stores. I think that's a great idea. They should probably put a moratorium on new government stores. And let the independent small businesses take some of that market, particularly in areas where you have small communities that have no stores. Uh, A government store shouldn't go in there if a private independent store wants to. So I think there's a number of things that they can do. And we were happy to have an election forum with candidates from each of the three parties uh, uh, because the sector needs to get more involved uh, uh, politically as well and to work with government like other sectors do. So we were very happy to host an election forum uh, earlier in this week. Uh, we weren't sure anyone would show up. You know, that was our, the members all wanted us to host a forum, but mm-hmm. we said, well, will they even show? Do they want to talk about craft cannabis? And we were very happy that representatives from each of the three parties showed up. Not only did they show up, but they enthusiastically supported the sector. So this is an issue that I think is beyond politics. Uh, All of the parties agree that this is a great opportunity in the sector. So I think that kind of leadership, that kind of support, the willingness to engage the sector, listen to the experts, put some of the economic development funds into the sector, help free up some lines of capital, accelerate the partnerships with Indigenous communities, programs to accelerate women entrepreneurs, all of the things that we want to do. Because cannabis can help us achieve other public goals as well if we do this right. The craft farmers are ready to do great sustainable development, you know, uh, make the environment stronger than they left it through regenerative farming practices. All kinds of innovations that we can do that will create jobs, protect the environment, promote diversity, really foster innovation. We can accomplish a lot of things uh, with the craft cannabis sector. A tourism opportunity, obviously, when we get through the end of COVID. uh, It's hard to imagine that day, but it is coming. Uh, uh, People will want to come to BC to consume cannabis. It should be a destination Mm -hmm. to come to BC, consume cannabis here. The same way we go to Napa Valley to consume wine, or people might go to France to buy champagne, or like I said, go to Quebec to get maple syrup, whatever it is. But this... The opportunities here, and so the job numbers that I quoted you earlier, you know, two and a half per farmer, the indirect spin off jobs of that are times four. So so I think that the province can, can do a big role in economic development. They can certainly improve some of their own regulations. I think they're going down that path. But what we really need them to do is to show the leadership, have the conversation with Ottawa, and demand these changes, even as a pilot project in B.C., And the government of Canada has expressed an interest in looking at innovation and maybe piling it in British Columbia. Not sure where else you would do a pilot project in Canada on cannabis other than in BC. Uh, So so we think there's hope. We think that if you and I were having this conversation this time next year on the third anniversary, how many farmers will we have? Will the number be 100 or will the number be 1,000? And I think that's the question. If the number is at 100, then the province should probably look at taking over control of uh, regulating production and saying to Ottawa, you're hurting us. It's time for us to take it over. Let us license the farmers.
0: Dave, thank you so much for, for taking the time and, and speaking to me about this. This is an important issue, particularly for the province of BC. And with we uh, going to an election here this weekend, it's uh, definitely topical. Hopefully when we do have this conversation in a year, I'm going to mark it in my calendar and say to give you a callback so we can follow up and see how much progress has been made here. But uh, at least from the election forum that you held earlier this week, like you mentioned, each party was on board with wanting to see this sector grow and, and wanting to be a part of helping it thrive here in this province. So that does give me hope that here in B.C., our local political parties are listening. Now it's just a matter of getting the federal parties on board as well. But hopefully uh, we see that progress being made here soon. Dave, thank you so much for the time.
1: Thank you. And hopefully we won't have to wait a year to give you some good news. So we'll keep you posted throughout. Thanks for your interest in the great uh, coverage and, uh, and have a great weekend. And I hope everyone gets out to vote on Saturday.
0: Yes, I hope so as well. Thanks so much. Take care.